Welcome to A Real Nurse, the podcast, and I'm your host, Angela Thomas. Did you know that the number one cause of death from disease to all Americans is heart disease? But it's higher in the African-American community, often due to things such as obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, socioeconomics. 50, it is estimated that 50,000 women per year in the African-American community die as a result of heart disease. And between 50 and 54,000 African-American men. We have to change this narrative. Let's talk about it. So if you've been following uh, the last couple of episodes that I've released, I've been talking about um, hypertension and strokes and how these things can be interrelated. And then the third layer that I'm adding uh, with this episode is heart disease, cardiovascular disease. Um. And it is the number one killer. Heart disease is the number one killer for all Americans. But it is exceptionally high for African Americans, uh, in part due to socioeconomics, hypertension, diabetes, kidney disease, smoking. But the reason I'm layering this is, if you recall, I talked about how I think that if people really understand the impact that these diseases have, then they would be willing to make lifestyle changes for a better life. And how sometimes, in my opinion, uh, when people go to the doctor, they're just told you need to lose weight. It's not good for you, but they're not, it's not broken down and really explained in detail how it can be a domino effect. And so that's why I've been breaking this into a series. So the first one was about hypertension. The second one is about stroke. And now we're at cardiovascular disease. Um, of the percentage, uh, 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 it is estimated that uh, among African-American uh, men, there's about 271 uh, per 100,000 that are impacted by heart disease, resulting in death uh, per year. And for women, for African-American women, we're looking at um, 169 per 100,000. So, uh when you compare that to uh, uh, our counterparts, uh, men are 213 per 100,000 and um, Caucasian women are 130 uh, per 100,000. So there's this, there's about a 30% uh, gap in how it really uh, impacts the African-American community. And so that's why I feel it important to really talk about uh, why uh, we need to make 
sustainable lifestyle changes. And I believe that comes through education. And I believe that once you start feeling better, uh, then uh, you do better and it becomes a lifestyle change. So when we look at uh, heart disease or cardiovascular disease, um, it, it covers a whole array of conditions. And so I, I don't want to go into each one, but I want to look at the most common heart conditions that we see that uh, can happen. Some of it is due to genetics, but oftentimes it's related to uh, lifestyle uh, choices and uh, environmental factors. Um so when we look at it, uh, the first thing we're going to look at are arrhythmias. Uh, this is where there's a issue with the rhythm of the heart. And uh, the most common one that uh, is dealt with, especially when you want to uh, talk about uh, heart disease and stroke is usually AFib or atrial fibrillation. Um, another issue um, that can lead to cardiovascular disease or is sometimes uh, congenital, congenital uh, abnormalities or issues that people were born with. And sometimes due to people not talking about family history, be it that they just don't know uh, because they was adopted or uh, the elders have passed on and that information wasn't known or they may say, Oh, that person had a heart attack, but didn't know what was the underlying cause for the heart attack. You know, so they don't know the history. Um, the other issue is heart or blood vessel disease. And the most common uh, when you think of uh, blood vessel disease uh, is arteriosclerosis. And that's where you have an excessive plaque buildup uh, in the arteries that uh, supply blood and oxygen to the heart. And then diseases of the heart and muscle. And then occasionally uh, you'll have those individuals who will develop an infection of the heart uh, resulting in a condition uh, like uh, myocarditis or endocarditis. So just like with um, hypertension, uh, as it's known as the silent killers, because it doesn't always have symptoms and and uh, people can be walking around for a long, significant period of time with uncontrolled hypertension. And the longer that they go with uncontrolled hypertension, the more stress and damage it is doing to the blood vessels that also supply the heart. Uh, and then in people who have uh, a heart attack, oftentimes they don't have uh, warning signs uh, right before the heart attack. Uh, when they start having symptoms, they are usually in the process of actually having uh, the MI, which we call a myocardial uh, infarction. And even if they do have symptoms, sometimes they can be so vague that they're dismissed and it's not associated with uh, a heart a heart attack. Um, and symptoms can be different in men uh, versus women. But usually the symptoms uh, that will uh, typically show up in people who have heart disease is um, extreme fatigue, shortness of breath, uh, angina, which is uh, chest pain, um, nausea, and oftentimes, sometimes uh, there'll be complaints of uh, pain in the jaw pain that's radiating down one side of the arm um, and 
again, usually by the time this is going on, um, the disease has been in progress. And, you know, for those who make it, who don't have a, a MI or a myocardial infarction or heart, another word for that is a heart attack, and it doesn't result in death, um, they normally, when, it, when they um, come in and they're uh, evaluated, uh, usually it is due to some type of blockage. Um, and they end up having to go to the cath lab or either having to have a triple bypass, uh, to replace those, uh, clogged, um, arteries that supply, uh, the blood to the heart. And so that's why it is important to number one, establish a relationship with your physician, know what your baseline numbers are. That's your weight your blood pressure and your labs, those labs uh, that can give valuable information uh, and your doctor will be the best person to order that set of labs um, to monitor. And depending on the findings will dictate how often you need to be followed by your physician. But it's also uh, where we have to do our part and that is start making modifications in our diet, increasing our exercise um, and as I've said in the other um, episodes, when I talked about hypertension and strokes, you don't have to make all the changes at once, but start picking picking something and start there. But you got to start somewhere. And I do believe that once you start feeling better, then you uh, are encouraged to add another layer to that. And then before you realize it, it, it just becomes a part of who you are. It's a lifestyle change, but hypertension, um, strokes, and most cardiovascular disease can be, um, avoided by having, having better lifestyle, um, choices. And that's with diet, um, exercise, uh, not smoking. Um, and, and I know it's difficult. I, one of the biggest things we look at it and we say, well, uh, you know, just automatically say, well, people should just automatically do better. Well, people can't do better if they're not educated, they have to be taught. And I believe that, um, this should be, uh, started in elementary school about, uh, eating well. I remember when I was in school, we had to learn nutrition in the five uh, food groups and things of that nature. Um, I, I think one of the biggest disservices is uh, that they've done to the uh, education system is removing uh, PE uh, out of out of out of the, the class uh, room. Uh, we went out twice a day when I was in elementary school and you had to take gym when I was uh, in um, middle and high school, uh, unless you had a medical condition that that prevented you and you had to have documentation, but we weren't allowed to sit around just on our phones and things of that nature. We really had to be active. And so um, we're seeing so much obesity and cardiovascular disease in individuals as young as 20 years of age. So it is estimated, especially in the African-American community, that 49% of those individuals who are 20 years and older have heart disease. And the majority of them are even, they're not even aware of the fact that they even have um, the condition. And so by the time they seek uh 
the symptoms are so bad that they have to seek medical attention, oftentimes they have significant um, damage and it results in um, disabilities and sometimes permanent lifelong lasting disabilities. Heart disease is one of the most expensive diseases that impact the healthcare system. And uh, again, a lot of it can be avoided. And it is there has to be a restructuring of not only how we teach, but also when you look at communities that are in food deserts and uh, you look at the difference of the quality of food that's placed in certain communities, it has to start there. Everyone should have access to affordable, decent, healthy food. Um, And how, if you look at how the health food industry, not health food, I'm sorry, fast food industry has changed over the years to where everything is supersized, supersized. And if you go in on, on any corner, you have about four or five fast food restaurants on every corner, pretty much. And again, everything is supersized and it just makes it more convenient. And if you are working and trying to take care of kids and things of that nature, it's just easy to pop in, but it is wreaking havoc on our longevity and our ability to be around and finish raising our children. Another impact that it is having is the number of individuals. It used to be that parents worried about having to uh, live and have their children take care of them. And what we're seeing is a shift to where parents are now having to take responsibility and care for those their children because of morbid obesity that leads to them having either becoming so uh, debilitated because they are morbidly obese, uh, hypertension uh, resulting in stroke, and or heart disease, and a number of individuals who are now uh, under the age of forty having to either uh, be cared for. Uh, by a parent or if that parent themselves have uh, health issues or just is unable to care for them, we're seeing younger and younger individuals having to become, um, go to custodial care and long-term care uh, uh, facilities. So you have individuals now 40 years and younger who are the rest, they're going to spend whatever time they have on this life living in a nursing home. And so again, these are things that can be changed. And so when you look at um, the different types of heart disease, um, we know that, again, it starts with lifestyle changes and um, making them one step um, at a time. Like I said earlier, we have to start somewhere. Um, When you talk about um, other risk factors, uh, age is a risk factor. The older we get, our risk factor increases, uh, uh, which usually leads to damaging or narrowing of the arteries um, or weakening or thickening of the heart muscle, uh, most commonly known as um, congestive heart failure. And congestive heart failure, there is no cure for congestive heart failure. It is medically managed. So once a person has congestive heart failure, then 
there's nothing that can be done. They, it, it is just symptom management. So if they get into fluid overload, then we have to give diuretics and try to remove some of the fluid. Uh, if it's uh, due to um, one of the other issues that go along with uh, congestive heart failure is fatigue, the shortness of breath. So sometimes you have individuals who become oxygen dependent. Uh, uh, they can become disabled to the point that because they are depend depending on the severity of the congestive heart failure, uh, it becomes uh, hard for them to maintain a job. So oftentimes they have to go on uh, disability. And uh, we've I've had a couple of cases of that recently. And unfortunately, sometimes because remember I told you it's happening in younger and younger individuals, and sometimes these individuals are not even able to qualify for disability because they don't have enough work credits. And so that it, it, again, and then that's when it's flipped back to their parents, and they become that burden or burden to to their parent. And oftentimes, it's right when parents are either trying to retire or they themselves have uh, uh, significant health care issues. So uh, again, that's another layer of financial burden, not only on the healthcare system but the economy overall. Um. Men typically are at a higher risk, but women are more at risk after menopause. So why is typically more common to see uh, heart disease in men once a woman go through menopause, her uh, risk also increases genetics and family history. So again, that's why it's important to have a conversation and know what your family history is and someone, um, keeping tabs and, and able to pass that information on so that the next generation know, the next generation know. And so these things can be communicated uh, when you seek medical attention, when you uh, start that relationship with your primary care physician, you can let them know this is my history. Because again, the more you know, and you can tell the physician the more they know what to start screening you for. So if you, you know, if you typically don't screen for something at the age of 50, but someone has is predisposed just due to genetics and something running in the family, you may need to have your screening done sooner than that. Um, and so that's why it's important to know that information and to share that information and to establish that uh, patient physician relationship. Smoking is a big factor that plays a, a, a role in cardiovascular disease. It also impacts, if you remember, I talked about hypertension because it raises the pressures um, and also with strokes. And so it 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 tightens your blood vessels and then the carbon dioxide uh uh, damages the inner lining of the, the, the vessels and therefore increasing the risk of arterial sclerosis, heart attacks, uh, uh, and heart attacks. And heart attacks happen more often in smokers versus non-smokers. We talked about diet. What changes can you make in your diet? And I forgot to mention it needs to be low fat, low sodium. We need to control sugar. And we also need to avoid foods that are high in cholesterol. So these are the things that we need to really think about when we are um, looking at our health, our health issues and um, 
having conversation with our physicians. And hopefully, uh, if you have not listened to the prior episodes where I talked about hypertension and strokes, you'll go back and listen to those episodes because it's all interrelated. And unfortunately, the other thing that we see are those individuals who have multiple comorbidities. And that's where instead of just having, having hypertension, we have people who have hypertension, who have diabetes and congestive heart failure. And I see it day in and day out, individuals with all these uh things stacked on top of one another. And if you'll recall when COVID uh, first was being talked about and we looked at why it was running so rampant in the African-American community is because so many of the individuals in our, so many individuals in our community, unfortunately have multiple comorbidities, which put puts uh, that put them at a higher risk. And so, and it's usually a domino effect. So if you have a person who have multiple issues going on. So let's say if I have a person that has hypertension and they have congestive heart failure and they have kidney disease, usually if one system breaks, it's going to have a domino effect and cause the other systems to to become involved in a way because they're going to have to work harder. So if you take a person who is not compliant with their blood pressure medication, not making any lifestyle changes, and they eventually have a stroke. Well, when they're going through that crisis, that puts more stress on the heart, puts more stress on the kidney. And it's not uncommon for me to see in those individuals where they develop what we call AKI, which stands for acute kidney injury. Sometimes we, uh, the doctors can give medication to, and do things to turn it around. Other times it gets to the point where they have to now start dialysis. So instead of having to battle one issue, you're really battling three different issues because those systems are interrelated and oftentimes can cause uh, excessive strength, uh, stress due to one system breaking. So it be a hypertension and you have a stroke that puts strain on the heart. The heart has to work harder, put strain on the kidneys. And so that's, that impacts recovery time. And it can also cause increased, um, disability. And again, it can result into the point that you cannot even care for yourself anymore. And so now you're dependent on someone to care for you. And if you don't have someone to care for you or they just can't afford to do it because they still have to work and you're so incapacitated that you require 24-hour day care, then that results in you having to look for custodial care. And Medicare, private insurance does not cover custodial care. The only insurance that covers that is um, Medicaid and you have to qualify for Medicaid. And if you don't qualify for Medicaid, um, it's very, very expensive to be in a um, nursing facility. It's it's even expensive to be in a home, Um, you know, on the low end, $25 an hour to have someone in the home on the low end, six grand a month to be in a nursing facility. So all these things have long-term 
implications to them. And so that's why I wanted to do this series to kind of paint a picture and show why it's so important uh, to start making the lifestyle changes. And this stuff is easily found. Uh, the statistics that I quoted uh, came either from the American Heart uh, Association came from the Centers for Disease Control on Cardiovascular Disease, and uh, pretty much anything we want to know now, we can pick up our phone and say, um, Siri or uh, find this or find that. And so these are stats. You don't have to take my word for it. You can look up these different heart diseases and in, 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 uh, you can look up stroke and you can look up um, hypertension and the, the things that I talked about, what caused it what what symptomology is and what the correction and treatment plan is and all of them boil down to really lifestyle changes yes there's a percentage of individuals that is is hereditary or that it because of the environment that they've been exposed in they may um, um, have these issues but more times than not it is related to things that we do have control over. And so it is my mission to educate and hopefully uh, inspire you to start making lifestyle changes. Um, if you're morbidly obese or, or obesity is an issue, it, it, the first week you may be only, be only able to walk a half a block, but keep going. The next week you may be able to walk um five blocks keep going and if you like me who can't stand doing the same exercise change it up um i uh, saw a lady on social media a couple of weeks ago who lost over 100 pounds over a year's time by dancing she loves to dance and so she started dancing again and yes not only did she start dancing but she started making lifestyle changes in regard to her food and she cut out sugar she cut out uh, all processed food. She cut out foods high in sodium and uh, she she looks amazing. And so it can be done. You just have to make the decision that it's what you want to do and that your life is worth it and that you want to have a quality of life. And again, none of us is perfect. We're not going to get it right every day. But the whole goal is just get started so that we can have longer productive lives and be around to enjoy our legacy and see other generations come behind us. And with that, I'm going to say good night.